Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. 2-0 on track. This one is crushed. Left center field way out of here. Now here's your host, Trent Rush. Well, we got ourselves an all-star extravaganza here today on the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, here's so much to get to here on the show. Shohei Otani going to be your leadoff man for the American League. He's going to be the designated hitter for the AL All-Star team coming up at Dodger Stadium tomorrow night. Also, Mike Trout, well, not going to be participating in the All-Star game, dealing with uh, what was back spasms. Now we know it's more rib cage inflammation. Really, what that is is it's a more specific definition for you know the pains in the same spot, just a little bit more clearly defined. Uh, now we're going to hear from Mike Trout about that coming up a little bit later on. But some big news as well for Mike Trout was that he has been officially named the team captain for the World Baseball Classic Team USA squad that's going to play uh, coming up in the spring. Looking forward to that, no question about it and it's something that Mike was excited to share about a little bit earlier today. I'm excited you know when he first came up to me and uh, you know talked to me uh, it means a lot you know I've missed the opportunity the first time and uh, I knew this was a, a chance I can't miss so it's going to be uh, fun for the team that we uh, put together and, and Tony puts together it's uh, looking forward to it in uh, March so. So, Mike, how much recruiting are you doing these days? Uh, today, today's a pretty good one, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be talking to some guys over here for sure, for sure. So, uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's in Phoenix and, you know, hopefully get to Miami. So, For Mike Trout, this All-Star game number 10, a little different for Mike Trout these days. He's uh, kind of the guy that's been around, the elder statesman on the American League All-Star team. It's also in his backyard, uh, lives obviously here in Southern California with this being in the same uh, media market. So it's pretty cool on a number of levels for Trout, and he talked about what makes this so special for him. Oh, it's very special. You know, I get to bring my son. I think that's... uh you know, one of the coolest things, you know, obviously 10 All-Stars is great, but being able to share it with my son for the first time, it's uh, it's even more special. As for his favorite moments as an All-Star, what he's been able to experience, and now this is 10th All-Star game, Mike Trout talked about some that jump out most to him. I would have to say when I played with Jeter for the last time, I think that was uh, probably the coolest All-Star game moment. You know, got to talk to him and be obviously his last you know All-Star game. That's definitely it. Mike, you talk all the time about the camaraderie and hanging with the guys here at the All-Star Game. 
I would love to know what you're most excited for Beckham to see here uh, this week. Um, I just think just to see everything. You know, he's really starting to understand baseball a little bit. And, uh, you know, there's a few few guys I want him to meet, like Albert. You know, he's never met him. So it's uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, just the opportunity for him to just experience everything. You know, he, he probably won't remember it, but uh, he'll, he'll definitely enjoy it. So while Mike Trout gets a chance to enjoy this all-star break, for him it's also about this time to recover and get back out on the field. And he talked about just how he's feeling health-wise. Back is, uh, it's all right. You know, I obviously thought it could have been a lot better. It's it's really day by day. And once it, once it goes away, you know, fully, it's one of them things where if you irritate it and it comes back, you're, you're back to day one. So, uh, yeah, I think just letting it rest and see where I am Friday. Mike also gave us a look at some of the specifics on exactly what's going on there. I've been dealing with like a, some joint inflammation in my ribs, my left side. So uh, just uh, trying to get that out of there before I start you know, swinging. After it initially happened, that's when it showed it. It was getting better. And then once I started swinging again, it kind of acted up. That's why you, you saw me before the game. You know, I kind of didn't really do anything leading up to the game. Uh, I took some swings in the cage and started bothering me again. Just uh, thought it was the right choice just to let it calm down. I know that some people were asking about the severity of this, if this was anything like the calf injury that he suffered last year. And Mike was very clear, no, this is nothing like that. Definitely in the serious as the calf. So <laughs> I'm not worried about that. But, uh, you know, it's just something I try to – you know, I got a few days now with the All-Star break to let it calm down and see how it feels. So it is frustrating for sure because, you know, there wasn't one – I can't really pinpoint what caused it. It just, you know, started, you know, bothering me and just a, one of them things is unfortunate. So. Was it was something that happened, like, in the cage, like first couple swings were okay and, and uh, that didn't feel quite right? Like, what, how did that play out? Uh, you know, I was – it was just one of them things where I felt it on a couple swings and yeah. I didn't want to push it. Because I know, you know, I don't want to set my back even set, set me back even farther. So it's, uh, you know, I had some conversation with doctors and, and obviously the, the training staff, and you know, the right decisions just let it calm down and then start back up again. One of the other great things about the All-Star Games is you get a chance to see the All-Stars of all the other teams. Yes, we talk Mike Trout, we talk Shohei Otani, uh, but also uh, Garrett Cole back in town. Yankee star, Southern California product, Orange Lutheran High School, UCLA, uh, lives in SoCal. And uh, I talked with Garrett a little bit about uh, his days as a kid, how he remembers voting for All-Stars back when he was coming to games here at the Big A. I love the pie. I wish we still had the tangible. <laughs> I like you the punch. You guys are yeah, old like enough punch. to remember those. I would go to the Angel Games and I'd grab like, you know, a bunch of ballots and I'd get the pen and I'd punch Tim Salmon and Garrett Anderson and Darren Erstad. You'll have to forgive me for asking a Shohei question because I know you've gotten uh, a bunch like of those my already. 15th it's, one I know, I know. But you're a student but you're a student of it. What does he do well as a pitcher? He attacks the strike zone. Really. I mean he pressures you. He's probably got a you know, maybe an obscured view of how hard it is to hit since he's so good at it. He probably thinks it's a little easier than most people do, but um, he attacks the strike zone. And um, and he puts pressure on the opponents. And then, you know, if he gives up a couple runs, he comes back up to the dish and then gets his own. <laughs> fixes it. Mike Trout just said a moment ago that he's going to be a part of the World Baseball Classic coming up next year. Is that something that you would entertain or possibly want to participate in? Uh, I actually haven't put any thought into it, but um, I, I'm, I wouldn't rule it out. 
Well, the possibility of having both Garrett Cole and Mike Trout as a part of Team USA at the World Baseball Classic has to be intriguing for Tony Riggins, the general manager of the World Baseball Classic. I think it's really cool that Mike, who has been the face of baseball for a long time, is now taking on the responsibility of being the team captain for USA in the World Baseball Classic. Yes, it's in Phoenix. It's going to work out well for him logistically for where the Angels have spring training and where Mike spent a lot of his time. But that's a a big commitment to do that. At the same time, I think that it's going to help set the tone for a lot of the other guys across the league that may want to participate as well. Well, if Mike Trout will play, why wouldn't I? I think that could be a conversation uh, that we could see very soon. And you have to uh, be excited for Mike. Now an opportunity to go compete on a major stage, on the international stage, go try to win a gold medal. Um, Looking forward to seeing what becomes of this. And I I don't know that Team USA could have done any better than getting Mike Trout to not only play, but to be the team captain as well. And I spoke with their general manager, Tony Reagans, about this too. All right, we're talking with former Angels general manager and current World Baseball Classic Team USA general manager Tony Reagan's with us here today. Tony, first of all, so good to see you. Secondly, how exciting. Mike Trout, your team captain, announced today, ready to go. What a big deal. What kind of a big deal is it to be able to have Trout basically as now the face of the team you're putting together? No, it's awesome. It's awesome. It was my first phone call. It was my first phone call had the conversation with Mike, came down to Anaheim actually, and um, met him face to face. And he was all in from day one. And, um, you know, I know Mike, I know the kind of guy he is, both on and off the field. And, you know, if you're going to go to war, you want to go to war with the best. And, and Mike is, is just that for me. Obviously well aware of his character and being around uh, from day one uh, with Mike Trout. Um, what does it say about him? I know a lot of people have talked about him as being the face of baseball for so long, but kind of to put his money where his mouth is and, and to be a part of this, what's that say about Mike Trout? That's who he is. And if you know him, you know that's the kind of, that's the kind of guy he is. He's going to represent our country in a way that, you know, not many can. You know, he's going to wear that USA baseball jersey with pride. He's going to play the game hard. He's going to play it right. You're not going to hear any controversy around his name. He's going to be a professional. That's what we're looking for. And he's going to attract other players. I mean, I'm already getting those calls now. So, you know, a really easy um, choice for me to, to have the conversation with Mike and then for him to say yes just almost immediately. We obviously had to go through the proper channels, you know, talking to Perry and to John Carpino. Um, but um, Mike was all in from, from day one. So, Tony, I know that you've been really involved in the community and have done so much for growing the game of baseball um, in a lot of places where it's been tough for the big game to grow. What are some of those endeavors still like for you? And is this something you're continuing, even still running uh, the USA team for the World Baseball Classic? Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's my passion. You know, it's, it's up to us as, you know, current executives in the league and with clubs in order for our game to, to thrive you know, we have to get out there. We have to go into places that, you know, sometimes the game has left. And so that's my charge day in and day out. And what's so fun and exciting about my job is I get a chance to really impact the lives of young people almost on a daily basis. You know, some people are in some tough circumstances, especially going through the pandemic. I think young people suffered the most during that time. 
and then to give them the opportunity to play our game, both baseball and softball and girls baseball, I get to do that for a living. So, you know, I love it. Um, and, and, you know, I'm charged with carrying the game forward and growing it. And, uh, you know, we're just seeing some exciting things. Meanwhile, uh, to also be here in Southern California at the All-Star Game, the biggest, the brightest stars in baseball all hanging out here. How cool is it to be uh, back in SoCal and, and seeing the game back here? Uh, and what a great place, man. Absolutely. Being at Dodger Stadium is awesome. You know, I'm a Southern California guy, Southern California kid. I live in New York now, but but being able to be back home and, you know, take all this in. You know, these guys are the best in the world. And, you know, what's kind of cool for me is I get to see, you know, amateur players, minor league players, college players, and then you see the best, right? And so being able to, to, to see what younger guys are going to look like, you know, maybe being around uh, the All-Star game and being able to, you know, take it all in, I think is, is cool. And, you know, to see Mike be here, you know, obviously he's not going to play, but, you know, I remember this kid when he was, you know, in A-ball. And to see what he's been able to do with his career, probably the best player in the game. Uh, you know, it's exciting. It's fun. Um, you know, you live, you know, from a development standpoint, you live for these opportunities where you get a kid that is going to give his best and then become the best. That's Mike Trout. So um, a lot of good things happen. Appreciate it, Tony. Thank right. you so much. All right, I want to talk some Shohei Otani in the All-Star Game. We'll give you an update on what he's going to be doing in the Midsummer Classic. But first, here's a word from our sponsors. My name is Trent Rush. This is the Angels Recap Podcast All-Star Game Edition from the Midsummer Classic up at Chavez Ravine. Shohei Otani going to be batting in the leadoff spot as the designated hitter for the American League, but is not going to be pitching in the game. He wants to be ready to go for that first start coming up on Friday in Atlanta against the defending champs. Uh, he could have pitched, and you know it would have been kind of like a bullpen day for him, just the way the timing works out. But uh, Shohei Otani making the decision. To just hit only. He's not going to pitch in the All-Star game after uh, also electing to not participate in the home run derby. But when it comes to nerves and how he's handling things in his second All-Star game, well, I'll take a listen to what Otani had to say through interpreter Ipe Mazahura. I was a lot more nervous last year because it was my first time, but I mean, it's my second time around, so I think I'm having more fun. He's having more fun, and you can see it. Boy, I, I tell you what, the people around Shohei Otani uh, wanting to just get close to that guy. It was unbelievable, uh, the scene there up at Dodger Stadium uh, earlier on Monday. It's going to be even wilder when he gets set to face Clayton Kershaw, somebody that uh, he has not had a whole lot of success against in his career. It's going to be obviously a very big night for Clayton Kershaw starting for the National League at Dodger Stadium, and the first batter he'll face will be Shohei Otani to get things going. And uh, here's what Otani had to say about facing uh, the future Hall of Famer, Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, he's someone I've been watching since high school. He's been one of the best pitchers since I was in high school. It's amazing to have a long career at the top of his game. And it's going to be a big moment for him pitching at Dodger Stadium, so I just want to try to enjoy it. There were some other interesting questions asked of Shohei Otani. This one I found uh, pretty curious as well. Somebody asked if Anaheim feels like home to Shohei Otani, and this is what Otani had to say about uh, if this is home for him. 
I've been here for like almost five years and I don't really go out a lot, stay home, but when I do go out, um, fans recognize me and they say hi, so it does feel like home to me. Now we all know what's going on with the Angels right now about how they're trying to get back on track at the moment. And maybe the All-Star game and the All-Star break can be what can reset some things for the Halos. And Shohei was also asked about that, about what it's going to take for the Angels to get back to the way that they started this season. Yeah, we've been on a bad run recently, but hopefully this break kind of resets everyone's mind and have a fresh start and the plan is to start winning. All right, so there you go. That from Shohei Otani at the All-Star Game uh, on the Monday media availability. Just uh, quite the scene to watch uh, with everybody trying to get close to Shohei Otani. Uh, you heard Garrett Cole earlier joking around. Oh, I'm going to ask 15 Shohei questions. Everybody is asked Shohei questions. Nobody can believe what he's done after the historic All-Star Game last year where he batted in the leadoff spot, started as a DH, started a game on the mound, and participated in the Home Run Derby. That was a lot for Shohei Otani. He's dialing it back a little bit this year, but still going to be uh, right there ever-present as a part of the Midsummer Classic, and that should be cool to watch there uh, for Shohei Otani. Okay, also a part of the All-Star game this year and all the festivities that happened during All-Star week are now the MLB draft is a part of it. And the guy that the Angels took in the first round, they took a college shortstop, Zach Neto, with the 13th overall pick. Neto comes from Campbell University. He was the Big South Player of the Year the last two seasons. Uh, somebody that uh, is projected as being a, a, an outstanding hitter, average power, outstanding defensive player with a big-time arm. Uh, they really like uh, the arm that he shows. He actually did some pitching back uh, in his college days as well. But Zach Neto brings some swag, brings some fire, and brings some talent to the Angels organization. And I had a chance to speak with Zach there at the All-Star game as well. I just want to get some of your thoughts on now you've had a night to sleep on it. Your, some of your statements yesterday sound pretty pumped to be an Angel. Just uh, what, what's your reaction now uh, a day later? Oh, yeah, you know, who wouldn't want to go to Halos? You know, um, I had a really good night's sleep. I didn't really think about it too much, you know. Um, I knew the place that I wanted to go, and um, L.A. LA it is, and uh, I can't wait to start to start my pro career and uh, get to meet all these new guys and things like that. So uh, I'm pumped. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't lose no sleep on it. You know, I made the right decision, and, uh, and the organization feels like they made the right decision too, so I'm very pumped about it. Here you are at the All-Star Game, Shohei Otani getting all kinds of attention over there, Mike Trout getting all kinds of attention over there. How, how inspiring is that for you to see guys like that in this organization? And I know something that I'm sure you hope to become one day. Oh, yeah, you know, just always watching them on TV. Um, they're the best players in baseball right now. So being able to watch them on TV, kind of kind of learn different things, uh, kind of see what they do. And being drafted by a team that has those two uh, role models uh, is definitely cool to have, you know, uh, I know when I'm when I meet Trout and Otani, I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have a lot of questions for them, and uh, it's gonna, just gonna be an awesome time to meet them. But uh, I can't wait I can't wait to uh, get get started and hopefully go to a system pretty quick and be able to call in my teammates. I think Angels fans, when they see what Shohei does and they see what you were able to do in college, obviously a great shortstop, but uh, you got a, a great arm as well. Uh, is the two-way thing totally out of the question? Um, I haven't. We haven't talked about it yet, but uh, I think I think they're gonna stick me as a position player. Um, I don't think I'll be pitching, um, but I think uh, that would be something cool to see. You know, two two ways on the same team, but um, I think I think it's position player for right now. 
One thing that I, I think really pops off your page, like just looking at some of your numbers, your, your strikeout to walk rate, and I know that that is something that you walk quite a bit and you don't strike out at all. When it comes to approaching hitting, um, how important is that? Are you cognizant of like making sure that you're not striking out? Is that something you're aware of? Yeah, so when I step in the box, it's just um, just trying to do as much damage as possible, you know. But in the back of my head, it's whenever I get to two strikes, I'm shoring down everything, just put the ball in play. Um, just like anybody else, I hate striking out. So um, be able to have that in my head, to be competitive even with two strikes, and um, just be able to not, not let the pitcher get the last laugh at the end. So um, I just do my best to be competitive up there, just like I'm, I always am, and um, try, try not to strike out, kind of build some chaos, putting the ball in play, and, and doing damage on the base pass. I know you alluded to this a little bit last night, coming from a smaller school, and you know you look around, and, and, it, and it's big-name prospects all over the place, and obviously you are one to be drafted in the first round, but uh, considering what you were able to accomplish at Campbell uh, to now being a first-round draft pick, just how rewarding is that? Oh, yeah, it's very rewarding, you know, um, be able to meet all these guys, um, be able to kind of get to build good relationships with them. Um, it's just being, it's just an honor, you know, um, coming from a small school in North Carolina, it's something where we, we only had each other over there. So I kind of got humbled very quick with the environment wise and atmosphere and being a, in a nice place like this in LA and be able to see all these people, all stars, all these prospects. Um, it's definitely an honor, you know, and, um, it, it's definitely well-deserving for me, you know, being able to be in this spot. It's a lot of hard work that I put in throughout my career. And um, it's not stopping today or tomorrow. Um, it's going to continue until I hang up the cleats, and uh, and it's just you're going to get the same person every day. Zach, before we let you go here, I've seen the uh, the home run celebrations. You ready to go? You ready to bring some of that to a pro ball here? That's right. I could go tomorrow, whenever, whenever they need me. I love it. Hey, man, congratulations and really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you. Zach seems like an exciting young player. Looking forward to seeing uh, what he can do moving forward as well. The Angels did not have a second-round pick. However, in the third round, they took a right-hander, Ben Joyce, 89th overall pick out of the University of Tennessee. He has a 105-mile-an-hour fastball. He hit 103 in his second appearance of the season and has topped out at 105 this year. Crazy. So Ben Joy, somebody to look out for. And that was the Angels' third-round pick. Uh, looking forward to seeing how the rest of the draft ends up panning out. So that's going to just about do it for us as far as our All-Star coverage was concerned. But during the last homestand, we had a chance to sit down with Tom Rinaldi of Fox Sports. He's got a new podcast coming out about Lyman Bostock, a pretty interesting feature that he's got going on uh, there. And it was a really in-depth, neat conversation to have with Tom Rinaldi, so I wanted to share that now. So here is Tom Rinaldi of Fox Sports. Joined now by Tom Rinaldi of Fox Sports, who's working on a really cool project, and we're so excited to have him here with us uh, tonight. Uh, Tom, first of all, really appreciate you being here. Secondly, Lyman Bostock, one of the really interesting names that you hear about and one of the fascinating stories i know that you're working on a new project a, a podcast about his story what can you tell us about what you're working on these days really an over we were just discussing it earlier an overlooked and forgotten story and this is an eight-part narrative driven episodic podcast the first of its kind in fox sports history where we explore the life the career and the tragic death of Lyman Bostock Jr., the only player ever to be murdered during a season in the history of Major League Baseball. What was the genesis for wanting to get involved in a project like this? And 
obviously this is a space we don't see a whole lot of sports and true crime crossover, but at the same time, um, why this story? I had the opportunity to work on the story 14 years ago for ESPN as a television feature. And was it such an involving and engrossing story, but even at 13, 14 minutes long, there's so much more that we weren't able to tell. That was a huge driver in wanting to go deeper into Lyman's story. But another is more selfish. It represents a regret in my career. I actually found Lyman Bostock's killer 30 years later after his, his case had been adjudicated and he had long gone free and I botched that encounter badly. And this is also an opportunity to revisit that for me. And that's incredible that that happened and that you get a chance to, to tell the tale today. Um, when you think about kind of the, the impactful stories in this one, like what, what was that encounter like and why is, it, why is it so important for you to make good? Well, first of all, I, I think that first and foremost, this is a story that celebrates Lyman's life off the field in, in what a pioneer he was for social justice, for athlete voice and movement and empowerment. But it is a story that involves his murder. And the man who murdered him, the story of his trial, not one but two, ultimately the fact that he went completely free less than two years after firing the gun, and then how it all unfolded when we encountered each other in Gary, Indiana, outside Leonard Smith, that's the killer, outside his tenement. I, I want to share a, a, just a couple of really quick things about Lyman as an angel. He came here after signing one of the richest contracts in baseball history from Gene Autry, the owner at the time, and Bavese, obviously the key executive at the time. People may not know this. Lyman, after signing that contract, his first month here playing for the Angels, went in the worst slump imaginable, worst slump of his career, batted under 150, went to ownership and said, don't pay me. I haven't earned my money. They still paid him, and he donated every dollar to charity. Just that month, he made more than he had in any previous three seasons. That tells you something about Lyman Bostock. Yeah, you talk about character right there. That's it. Uh, how about putting the project together? Because I know that a lot of people are familiar with your work on television and the feature stories that you've told for a number of years and so many just amazing pieces. But so work now in the podcast space. What was different? What was challenging about doing something a lot different than what we've seen before? Well, you would know much more about the power of audio. I'm discovering that myself here a little bit later in my career. I could not have been more excited about the chance to blend five core sources of sound together, if you will. Our interviews, more than 30 interviews, the archival sound, which was really rich that we could dig into, the narration, the score, and the sound effects. To sort of create radio theater, if you will, this immersive, inclusive experience for a listener and hopefully build a momentum to the narrative that carries the listener through Lyman's life and times, the tumult of the late 60s, the difficulties of his life as a minor leaguer, his really rapid rise and breakthrough, how he really moves to the edge of stardom faster than anybody could have ever imagined, his great relationship with a player like Rod Carew, uh, all of those things which precede his untimely death. To be able to shape that and have the listener imagine it through the blending of those sources of sound, we think 
we hope is an experience that listeners will really dive into. Shoot, I'm excited about it, just hearing you tell the stories. You know, Tom, I, you know, a lot of fans, I think, today are very familiar with your work in the college football space. I remember, I remember your work in golf a long time ago. Um, in baseball, to, to get into these waters, I, I know that's probably something you've done a lot of in the past, but uh, what is kind of your familiarity with baseball and with the Angels? So we tried, uh, without success, we did a series of interviews on a player that was just breaking in and becoming an instant sensation, uh, the show. Uh, We weren't ultimately able to go back to Asia and do that. That was in the later years at at ESPN. I've had the chance to talk to Mike Trout on occasion, who's obviously uh, a living wonder of a player and a great guy. I think baseball is fascinating. I'm the son of a baseball player whose you know, high school career just ended. Um, I love the rhythms of the game, and I love the challenge that the game represents in every aspect, the, the strategies that are involved, the, the improbability of ever being able to hit a ball that's thrown 99 miles an hour with break on it, etc. cetera. Uh, and I also like the fact that in baseball, any pitch – can change the game. That's not always the case in other sports, even some of the sports that I've covered. So it's a game I just had the chance to sit down with Aaron Judge for a feature that we're going to show for the All-Star game. Uh, I love some of the feature stories connected to the sport. I'd love to know your thoughts on Otani, too, as you try to put it into context, understanding what your background is and, you know, the, the stories you've told across all areas of sport. I think sometimes when you're real close to it, you get you get pretty deep in there from your perspective what does watching Shohei Otani mean I know about the 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 Terry's on obviously pitching right now I'm talking about just the last several games that he started the strikeout totals the dominance he's done in, in suppressing lineups is he already over that stretch then he hits the triple while he's doing it the improbability of that but what I also love and what you can attest to more than I can is the emergence of Show's personality as he becomes more comfortable with this team, this franchise, American culture. And I think one of the great gifts of that is his joy. When you see that radiate, it's so infectious. It's Sometimes there are stars who really embody the, the true definition. They're aloof and distant, and we behold them from this enormous chasm, and we can't ever touch them. Show started that way, but in a way, as his performance gets greater, he's coming down to earth more and becoming more touchable and relatable. And I think the thing that connects us to him is that joy. And I love seeing it. I I also think it's something that defines Trout, too. I'll tell you this. I I wanted to ask you that question. I was hoping if there was one person in the world that could do a good job putting Otani into context, it was Tom Rinaldi, and I appreciate you doing that, Tom. All right, tell us about where can we find the podcast, what are some ways. I want to download it, like, as soon as we're done here. What what are some ways I can do to to go find it? First four episodes come out Monday, uh, the day before the All-Star Game, July 18. Everywhere you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, every major platform, first four episodes – Episode 5 and 6 come out as a pair the next Monday. Episode 7 and 8 come out as a pair the Monday after that. So a three-week window of launch and release. Again, we're so excited about it. This is, this is a franchise, by the way, in the Angels, not only in Lyman's incredible story historically, not only with Trout and with Show right now, 
But how about Phil Nevin and his son as an incredible story in the sport? There's just great feature stories everywhere in the game. If we're willing to maybe get away from, at times, what can feel like the cauldron and the pressure cooker and the expectation and sometimes disappointment and still have space for wonder. Like anyone who saw Nevin and his son, anyone who saw the exchange of the lineup, like if you're not touched by that, then sport just isn't for you. you don't you think? Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. Tom, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time today. Congratulations on the project, and I'm sure I'll see you up in the ravine in a couple days. Wesley, July 18th, everywhere you get your podcast, the first four episodes. We really hope people have an opportunity to learn about this remarkable player in person. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. That's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. So many people to thank from Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, Tom Rinaldi, we just heard a moment ago, Tony Reagans, Zach Neto, all a part of our program. Thanks to all of them uh, for being a part of it. To the Angels PR team, those guys are absolutely awesome, led by Adam Chodzko, Matt Birch, Grace McNamee, uh, so many people that are a big part of that to help make this possible. Thanks to Hannah Stang and Alex Tino as well. My name is Trent Rush. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.